0: use the promo code blue wire to get an exclusive savings shop for unforgettable gifts that are guaranteed to make dad's day because if there's one thing that omaha steaks knows it's the dad's want steak that's omahasteaks.com promo code blue wire at checkout to save on exclusive packages starting at just 89 dollars three we're talking how
1: to value the five rookie superstars in 2022 rookie drafts on Rotoviz Radio.
0: What's up, RotoViz?
1: Welcome to Rotoviz Fantasy Football. Show, <laughs> this is Curtis Patrick. I'm joined by Dave Caven. Dave, it's going to be one of those episodes, man. I froze on the intro. Yeah. Uh, we've got loose outlines well, for our shows. We're out of practice, right?
2: We, we're like all off schedule. Couldn't do Monday night. We had to skip the draft <laughs> night episode, so we're oh, showing man. up. Um, you know, a little, a little rusty.
1: Nah, man, we're 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 all good. It's just uh, going to take us a minute to get into the flow of things. Uh, we we were both very busy. Uh, for the site and for different reasons. Obviously, we got volume three of the uh, Rudeviz Fantasy Football Rookie Draft Guide out with rankings and tiers, updates, uh, and just in time for all of those uh, flurry of Dynasty League drafts this week. And then, Dave, um, you uh, just told me right as the show broke that our underdog best ball suite of tools has published. So now we are in position to take down the two biggest best ball contests in the industry that's right. uh, with our tools uh, there with the underdog show and, and, and or the underdog at uh, best ball mania three, they just announced that there's a $10 million purse with a, a, a top prize like at $2 million, I, I think. Uh, so that's going to be pretty, pretty nuts. And then also talking with FFPC earlier today, Dave um, Alex over there, let me know that they actually took uh, my recommendation. So at the end of, end of last year, you know, obviously, we Rotoviz finished first and second yep. in that contest for for 100 grand. Um, Connor O'Driscoll and then the uh, the combination team of Sean Ben and Blair. Yep, uh, taking second, they chopped the pot. Well, we told them we thought more than 12 teams should be in the final weekend. And this year there's going to be 63 teams nice. in the final weekend. How nice. cool is that? So Rotoviz just uh, pulling. You know pulling the strings all around the industry affecting contests and uh and, and outcomes uh, both by playing and both by influencing but Dave tonight we want to talk about dynasty rookie drafts this is the biggest rookie draft week of the season i had an article post uh this weekend and you know I think even though we have six players in our top two tiers our tier one a and 1b from the draft guide I'm really looking at Five players as actual superstars, and there's six in those two tiers. There's there's a guy that I'm I'm leaving out. We'll get into that over the course of the episode, and let's go ahead and hit the FFPC stat attack with the number one superstar there. So no surprise here. The NFL draft did not affect our ranking of Brees Hall. Uh, I, I think our team has come, to, come uh, to arrive at the opinion that he's much closer to Jonathan Taylor level as a prospect than, than maybe anyone was appreciating during the, uh, the evaluation period. And one of our tools, the Prospect Workout Explorer, um, highlights this in, in a way that I think illustrates his ceiling and his high floor and why he is the Shuin in 101, Dave. So the FFPC stat attack uh, of this episode is of the top 20 players with athletic profiles most similar to Brees Hall, those that had day one or day two draft capital had fantasy hit rates of 67%. Now, of those 67%, the six out of the nine, the hits include two of the best running backs in NFL history, and Adrian Peterson and Marshawn Lynch. Of course, AP, top five in NFL history in rushing yards and rushing touchdowns. And Marshawn Lynch was a workhorse from his rookie year on 298 touches as a rookie at Buffalo, and he scored 94 career touchdowns and had almost 13,000 yards from scrimmage. And also is just one of the coolest players to ever play in the NFL. I have no idea if Brees Hall has that type of swag. Uh, We can only hope because it will make the league that much more interesting. Uh, But Dave, before we we break down kind of the meat of those Sims, I just want to point back to... The FFPC, we have a Rotoviz TriFlex Dynasty Leagues on there. You can play from $77 all the way up to $5,000 uh, for annual league entry fees, the premier dynasty product in the market. And then, of course, we will have uh, an even bigger jackpot in the FFPC Best Ball Tournament this year, a $200,000 uh, first prize, Dave. So I know we will be attacking that all off-season long. What do you think about those ceiling... Uh, SIM players and AP and and Lynch, uh, obviously, before we get into uh, some of the other players in the sample.
2: I mean, it's just nutty, right? And we see this time and time again with Brees Hall when you start doing research on him of just players from past seasons popping up as comps for him in a variety of metrics. Uh, His numbers just looking so good and they're just being so much promise. When you see those two guys and you think about what he could be. And the thing is, Curtis, You don't want to say that there's players like that coming along very often. I'm not saying that Brees Hall is going to be him, but I still think as you highlighted, we have come to appreciate that he is probably a lot closer to that type of player than many out there still seem to be thinking. So just super exciting.
1: Yeah. And I think that's, that's probably like, that's the takeaway or maybe the warning uh, that I would want to get across in this episode. And I spent a little extra time in my article from the weekend appropriately named how I'm valuing the five rookie superstars. I spent extra time on Brees Hall, uh, kind of um, honing in on on his profile a little bit because I, I even, I've even heard people say that his ceiling's lower, you know, having landed with Michael Carter uh, in New York and, you know, Carter had a nice rookie season. You know, he was even a player that I was targeting a lot in the early, uh, the way too early best ball tournament on, on underdog um, earlier this spring. But at the end of the day, he was a fourth-round draft pick. And when you when you look at this situation now, it's like eerily similar to Jonathan Taylor landing in Indianapolis where there were some kind of sort of interesting backs with Marlon Mack. Okay, maybe that's Tevin Coleman. And Michael, uh, Michael Carter maybe being the Naheem Hines of the New York Jets. And ultimately, the talent won out. Now, we didn't see Taylor's uh, you know true ceiling kind of emerge until year two. We just had a tantalizing rookie year where we saw the potential upside but not the, the volume, you know, that may be the case for Hall. You know, luckily he's coming into the league. He was only 20 years old on draft day. going to spend his entire season at age 21. Blair has done all the research there on to why that's exciting. You know, Dave, I mentioned, uh, you know, the, the nine players with day one or two draft capital amongst his top 20 Sims. We covered AP and Marshawn Lynch, but there's some other players on here that illustrate, you know, the type of outcomes that, you know, we should be expecting for a player with this talent and this athleticism. Couple guys who won your league at least once for you. Joseph Adai, uh had over twenty one hundred rushing yards, eighty one receptions, and twenty three total touchdowns in his first two seasons. And then Demarco Murray, three seasons over a thousand rushing yards and fifty receptions. And of course, uh, one of the most prolific rushing campaigns of of all time in his peak season as well. Um, those two guys also showing up. And then, even in the the meat of that sample, you get Ryan Matthews and Cadillac Williams. Now, injuries kind of derailed each one of those guys, but they did have uh, RB one seasons. You know, amongst them, uh, Ryan Matthews did rush for over a thousand yards twice in his first four years, and in his second year, you know, kind of in the highlight season, had over two hundred carries for a thousand yards and six touchdowns on the ground, and then actually had fifty receptions and four hundred fifty five yards receiving that year. Cadillac Williams had almost twelve hundred yards and three, three uh, 310 total touches as a rookie. So there's six players amongst the top nine that are really screaming, just to kind of round it out. The guys who um, didn't really put it all together, uh, either in duration of effectiveness for their career or also due to injury, also, interestingly, amongst these players, other than Murray, are the lowest drafted in the group. Um, so we had Charles Sims, who was around three back, you know, really came into the league as more of a change of pace. But even so, he had uh, 1,100 yards from scrimmage and 51 receptions in his second year. And then we had Carrion Johnson, sad trombone sound effect, uh, <laughs> 35 games in his career, uh, just ended up totally busting due to injury troubles. And then this is time capsule stuff here. And, and it's 1B committee back stuff. But Ben Tate.
0: Oh my God. Remember Ben yeah. Tate?
1: Yep. Yeah, for the Houston Texans out of Auburn. Had a thousand forty yards from scrimmage as a rookie, even though he was the one be back to Arian Foster during <laughs> Arian Foster's prime. Yep, uh, and I think he did have a couple weeks down the stretch that turned him into kind of a fantasy legend uh, during the fantasy playoffs as a you know a, a league winning uh, waiver pickup that year. So, you know, these are the these are the nine. These are the nine with day one or two capital. I like the odds of Brees Hall fitting within the top six of those nine due to draft capital, due to athleticism, and and due to skill sets demonstrated in college and college volume, being much closer to the guys at the top of the list rather than the bottom of the list um, as as those guys were uh, more committee-type college backs as well. Anything that you have to take away from the rest of that sample before we get into the other four superstars, Dave?
2: It just sounds a lot to me, um, or it lines up, Very much so with what you see if you go into the running back prospect lab and you build a couple of different types of models, you're going to see names of players that feel like they belong in with those type of players. You're going to get guys like Dalvin Cook, Jonathan Taylor, Melvin Gordon, Noshaw Moreno, Javante Williams. It just really highlights no matter where you're looking for Brees Hall. And people are probably sick of us talking about Hall. I've now said this a couple of times. But this is one of those where there's smoke, there's fire, right? Because you're just seeing yeah. that fire all over the place.
1: So to, to cap that one off before we get to the next player, uh, I did put Hall in my uh, overall dynasty rankings. You know, over the weekend, I'm going through and, and getting our top 50 from the guide sprinkled in there. Uh, the elite guys have been adjusted. Reese Hall I have is my dynasty RB2 overall, Dave. 16 overall. Wow. Too high, too low, or just right.
2: Oh boy, that's. (laughs) Call me crazy. I think it might be just right. I think it might because. If the situation is low, we're not
1: going to put him RB1. He's
2: right. Gonna, right. So,
1: there's only two appropriate answers here. Yeah,
2: yeah. No, I think it's just right. You know, if the situation right now, we're looking slightly different for Javante Williams. And if I didn't think that Brees Hall is probably a better back than Javante Williams, you know, maybe you could make a case right there. Uh, you're not going to be able to raise some of these other young players like Antonio Gibson up right now. You could maybe point to Najee Harris, but I think one of the things that we're looking at here is we're not quite as convinced that Harris himself is quite as solid of an overall running back as Hall is. There's going to be some changes in that offense. Something we'll probably start to talk about in the next couple of weeks. As a result of that, it really just makes sense.
1: Yeah. Harris is also like literally almost four years older.
2: Yeah. um, yeah.
1: Which is, which is crazy. So that that's enough about Hall. Uh, I am Dave, and, and we'll talk more about this on ta, uh the show later this week. I am gonna take Breeze Hall 101 in, in our league where we compete against each other in the right. FFPC uh, best ball uh dynasty league that we're not co-owning together. I traded up uh I traded up to get him. So um okay, the next player, uh he's my rookie one oh two in in all formats, Traylon Burks. I've got him in my initial dynasty rankings at wide receiver 13 and 38 overall. I'm going to imagine that's going to be much higher than, than the consensus based off of what happened draft weekend and what I've been seeing out there on social. Let me make the case um, a couple different ways and, and let's talk about what you think about the landing spot yep. uh, for Burks there. Um, so just for context, wide receiver 13 in my ranking, sandwiches in between DJ Moore and Marquise Brown. So this is pretty high up the list. Um, you know, Burks since 2010, SEC receivers who posted a single season of at least a thousand yards and ten touchdowns before their senior year. This is the entire list: Jarvis Landry, Mike Evans, Amari Cooper, AJ Brown, Jerry Judy, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Devonte Smith, and Traylon Burks and Jamison Williams. That is like, I mean. Jerry Judy by far is, is, I mean, he's the only player that hasn't hit huge in the NFL so far. And you could argue that, you know, it was a little bit of a mixture of quarterback play and injury. We're going to find out. Uh, we're going to find out all about Jerry Judy this year. Now with Russell Wilson uh, behind center and Denver, but this isn't, I mean, this is just one of those things like, you know, only good players have achieved this. Um, the other thing that I pulled into the article here, and this is from your work along with Blair and your random forest exercise. Yep. Uh, just another way. So you've got a bunch of different metrics uh, informing um, these similarity groups. Only six other players in your random forest data set had passed the same nine rules as Traylon Burks. And so those rules were number of seasons, player weight, final uh, season, market share of receiving yards, final season dominator, uh, final all-purpose yards per game, career receiving yards per game, career market share of receiving yards, career market share of receiving touchdowns, and career dominators. So basically all the different ways you could look at a player's experience, weight, and then lots of different production stuff. Jordy Nelson, Des Bryant, Keenan Allen, Allen Robinson, Amari Cooper, and then somebody named Devin Thomas. <laughs> 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 so uh, five out of six, pretty awesome names there. I can only certainly, you know every player drafted has a wide range of outcomes and still until we see what happens, you know when the snaps actually count. It just feels like to me everyone is overthinking this. There's some you know I have some really close friends uh, with bigger names than me in in the fantasy industry who have called Traylon Burke's uh, production profile fraudulent. That's,
2: um, uh, wow. Okay. Like
1: fraudulent. And I mean, and, and saying that there were too many manufactured touches, you know, these types of things. And that, that may be the case. Um, but he, he did what he did, uh, with the ball in his hands, even when the other team knew right. he was always going to get the ball. He was the entire Arkansas offense. So in this is against top competition. This isn't, I, I mean, this is not Christian Watson, you know, going nuts against inferior competition, or even Sky Moore going right. nuts against inferior competition. This is a mountain of a man with superior athleticism doing it against the best defenses in college right. football. So um, let's get your quick reaction there. Wide receiver 13 and 38 overall, too high, too low, just right.
3: are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.
0: Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday.
2: Well, first, I got, I got to give Blair credit on the Random Forest there. Leverage some of his work in, in that article that came out. So good good job, Blair. Second thought being... I will have to go through the exercise of updating all of the wide receivers in my dynasty rankings, but I actually don't think that's outlandish. Once this landing spot came out and I looked at some of the metrics um, that you had just laid out there, to me, Burks became my clear number one among the rookie wide receivers and looks to me like a player that profiles as a star. And, you know, there's the knocks on the fraudulent profile with the manufactured touches but you can as just as easily and that's something that is somewhat narrative based here spin that positively for him because like you said he's playing against the toughest competition he basically is the arkansas offense other the defenses know that they're manufacturing those touches to him yet he still puts up over 100 scrimmage yards per game in his final year at Arkansas put up 0. 0.92 touchdowns per game, 16.8 yards per rec, a dominator of 0. 0.46. Really what matters is when he had the ball, people could not stop him. Now, you have a team that has a very clear defined role that we've seen another very talented player be successful in. There is not a lot of competition in that offense. And there's volume setting up for him to start to contribute early. Then you add in the fact that he profiles as a player that should be a star, has the size, has enough of the speed that you need. Uh, and I am willing to place a pretty large bet that Traylon Burks ends up being a star in this league. I mean, I really feel like the stars aligned, no pun intended. And, uh, you know, we're looking at a bright future for Traylon Burks.
1: Another player who should have a bright future and I think of all the rookies that you would maybe want to target in, in 2022 leagues, not in Dynasty. Yeah. So in the big best ball competitions, uh, like at Underdog, promo code RotoViz does get you a hundred bucks with your first deposit of a hundred bucks um, all the way down. You're going to double your first deposit up to a hundred is another way of looking at that promo code Roto-Viz. Um Drake London. Uh, wide receiver 15, 40 overall in my ranks, essentially, you know, neck and neck there with Traylon. But he, you know, he enters an Atlanta situation while it's um, a little bit more unsettled at quarterback than what Traylon enters. Uh, it's wide open opportunity-wise. Calvin Ridley won't be available. I, I mean, there's just, you know, Russell Gage is gone. I mean, it's a total reset at the wide receiver position and really only Kyle Pitts there uh, to potentially take any, Substantial target share away from Drake London. So unless unless he uh, turns out to be like a JJ I think Whiteside uh, type situation, <laughs> Nikhil Harry situation, um, you know he's going to have a lot of volume in twenty twenty two. In that same exercise that uh, uh, you and Blair uh, ran through, uh, London gives us the f- five of the same names as Burks, but doesn't pull in the weird Devin Thomas uh, <laughs> similarity there. We just get Jordy Nelson, Des Bryant, Allen Robinson, Amari Cooper, and AJ Green. Those are the only five players that pass the same eight rules as London in your exercise. Another tool also, uh, loving London's profile, our prospect box score scout tool. When you draft capital, let adjust it for his actual draft position of eight overall. I mean, his top eight players returned produced early. AJ yep. Green, Mike Evans, Sammy Watkins, Devontae Smith, C.D. Lamb, DeAndre Hopkins, Mike Williams Clemson version, and Amari Cooper, you know, save Williams, all of those guys uh would have dramatically outperformed their ADP in the rookie season. I don't even need to go back and research that to <laughs> to prevent myself from saying it with a very high level of certainty. <laughs> so uh London's in a good spot for early production. Um do you think he belongs in that same window as Traylon, and in, in overall dynasty rankings and does high end wide receiver two seem too high?
2: Well, though I like Burks more, um, I do think that he belongs in there. Um, even if we remove a lot of the positives that you mentioned from the profile, all we have to do is look at how early he went in that draft at number eight overall and think historically about what it means for a player in that range. And when a team takes you there, as long as you have some of the talent, which I think that he does possess, it really skyrocket, like it skyrockets your value to me a lot over even being selected in like the range of like 20 to 30. Just when we look at that historical context as a result of that, and the fact that he's going to come in right away to a situation where I think he's going to be able to assert himself pretty quickly. That's going to smash up. I'm expecting that, you know, that dynasty value to hit it. Maybe I shouldn't say a peak value, but what would for a lot of players would be their peak. He's probably going to get to that right away. That's why I think having him in that window, in that range makes sense. What I will be curious though about Curtis is the community at large where they end up on London. I saw a couple of polls coming out right after round one. And, you know, I saw that there weren't really clear ones and twos or even threes and fours. Right. So that to me is going to be one of the interesting pieces because I have Burks and London who we've now talked about ahead of the other players by a pretty decent margin. I know not everybody agrees with that. Um, So to kind of diverge the conversation there, have you seen more of a uh, consensus start to form with them?
1: I mean, the only consensus that I've seen uh, is outside of Rotovis, it seems like people don't think Traylon Burks has as good of a profile as we do. Um, You know, at at our ranking summit, we actually decided as a group, um, you know, the five of us that we were going to put a tear break after Paul Burks in London. Yep. now it wasn't without any discussion. Um, tr- you know, Travis mentioned that he thought you know Garrett Wilson probably still belonged there. But when you look at the combination of profile and probable early opportunity to not have a small step there, I mean, it is unclear how much better, if better at all, Garrett Wilson is versus Elijah Moore. And we still have the quarterback, you know, questions there. Um, London won't face the same barriers to early opportunity, neither will Burks. And Burks actually of the three enters the, you know, at least the most experienced quarterback situation, regardless of what you think about Tannehill. He's been able to prop up uh, AJ Brown and Corey Davis over the past, you know, handful of seasons. What I, the trend that I'm seeing, and we could get into this a little bit more as the weekend approaches, is people just erasing the the prospect profiles and all the landing spot adjustments stuff Mm -hmm. is coming in. And Christian uh, Christian Watson and Sky Moore are just catapulting up the boards and infringing on some of these other players who had clearly more superior profiles. It doesn't mean that Watson and Moore can't or won't be successful. Uh, You know, it just can't be so easy, though. I mean, I remember even in the same Kansas City Chiefs receiver room, you know when it was unclear what Tyreek Hill's future looked like a couple seasons ago, and they take Miko Hardman in the second yep. round, the burner, in the same round that they just took Sky Moore, and and the thought was that well he would just approximate what Hill did because Kelsey was the alpha and somebody was going to be the apple of Mahomes' eye. Well, it's not even as clear now as it was then because we have Juju in the team picture now as well. I think people are forgetting um, that very and, honestly, and we have and we have MVS down there now too. Yeah. Michael yep. Hardman walked into a much easier situation yep. uh, that year than, than uh, Sky Moore is going to be walking into. And at least Hardman was coming from Georgia playing SEC corners. Sky Moore was playing in the freaking Mac. Yep. So let's, you know, I, I like Sky Moore, but I'm just saying, you, you know, that, that is, that is what we're seeing is we're seeing people chase the players tied to the great quarterbacks and, kind of forgetting that you know great receivers can actually elevate right um those quarterbacks Tyreek Hill did it for Alex Smith and we've seen so many other instances of it and so you know that does dovetail very nicely into our next receiver uh cuz that is the situation Dave Jameson Williams yep 17 overall four or 17 wide receiver 1742 overall in my rankings lands with Jared Goff and uh man this is a sight for sore eyes with Goff Goff had very little success downfield as i know in my my article um only 19 only 27 completions of 15 yards or more last season and you know williams is i mean he averaged 20 yards per reception in 2021 and on passes of 20 or more air yards dave yep williams averaged 51.6 51.6 oh, my yards Lord. per reception. <laughs> oh, my Lord. If if it went over 20 yards in the air, it was gone. Yep. And, I mean, so we're not asking Goff to, uh, you know, have a hose like Mahomes now, throwing it, you know, 65 yards off his back foot. All he has to, I mean, just find the guy with, you know, a yard of separation, 20 yards downfield, and and there's going to be big uh, plays splashing in, in Detroit. You know, Jameson Williams has the ACL. Yep. But ACLs really just don't seem to be that big of a deterrent to future success as long as the, the early signs of recovery are solid. He's already posting straight line running videos, looking great, hopping over hurdles, no lateral agility stuff yet, but seems to be right on schedule, if not potentially a little bit of a he- head. And uh, so, so in my final ranks, um, Dave, due to the prognosis on the injuries um, and, and just by a whisker, this is a little bit of of I guess path to volume adjustment. I've got he him and Wilson in the same tier. I did not have Williams in this tier uh, pre draft. Yep. Um. So over the last month between Volume Two and Volume Three, uh, making the adjustment. I think I was just you know for a couple different reasons wasn't sure what the NFL would think about him with the injury and the lack of early production in college. Um, being kind of shuttered out there in Columbus with the other Buckeye receivers. I had some questions about that but a lot of people who I really respect um, <laughs> at our site mostly didn't seem to have those same concerns and and yep. I've been won over so that, that's where I've got him. I've got him above Wilson in my finals. Any commentary on Williams there and uh, what's your order on Williams versus Wilson before we talk about the latter?
2: Dude it is it is so tough for me on Wilson. And Williams, Um, especially I was really high on Wilson. Everybody knew, though, and I talked about a lot that I just did not want him to land in New York. Right. So that really shapes things negatively for me. Of course, one thing, though, that has kept me sane here, if you will, on the landing spot is that Travis May still believes in Wilson believes in him very much so in new york which makes me feel a little feel a little bit better i actually ended up going with wilson over williams it's just by a little bit of a hair but i will say this curtis i do think that it's very likely we see a better year for williams in year one than we do for wilson now i know that one thing people might be concerned about And I touched upon this in like the instant reaction piece that I did is Jared Goff not going down the field very often. And I think he actually only completed three passes that traveled more than 20 air yards last year. One thing that we have learned, though, and there's a lot of evidence pointing to it in the past, is that depth of target belongs to the receiver. The receiver owns it. We saw an example of this with Alex Smith in the past, you know, went from a player that never looked downfield to one season. (laughs) Um, you know, where he had wide receivers that he could do that with all of a sudden jumped up and being, you know, the quarterback with the, I believe in that year, it was the highest average depth of target, you know, most deep shots downfield. I think that Goff is going to be able to support um, Williams in that capacity. And then if you also look, yes, there's bodies for him to compete with. You got Hawkinson, you got DJ Chark, who's going to be there now. I'm on Ross St. Brown, but this sets up nicely for him to be able to do what he does best, which is be that super explosive down threat field. Uh, we saw it when he got unleashed at Alabama. I expect him to be able to do similar things. So while Wilson will probably see a higher volume, of course, in an offense last year that only produced nine passing touchdowns. I think that the efficiency for Williams in those expectations, that upside there, I like him better this year. But this really, I think between these guys kind of feels almost like a coin flip. Um so I really couldn't fault anybody for putting one over the other. Uh, I'm sure in my dynasty rankings they're going to fall out right in that same band. They fell right out in that same band in the actual draft. And oh my god, dude, Ohio State uh Wilson, Williams and Olave back to back to back. Oh my gosh, in the real draft. So that's kind of where I'm yeah, at. Yeah, man. Yep.
1: Yeah, 10, 11, 12. That was pretty epic. Um so the yeah I am right there with you. Uh, the bottom line is I want all five of these players. I think they're all five worthy of of trying to move up yeah. a little bit for um th- these are the five that really separate themselves from the rest of the pack with with their their profiles and then obviously the draft capital uh that they that they received. One notable um missing from the the group in my article but not from our tier 1 BNR rankings is really a scarcity it's a scarcity adjusted player that i think um we we seem to be 50-50 on but i think you know we will be taking some calculated risks on kenneth walker. Yep. um you know the final season really was pretty incredible um, but you know we don't have the the same certainty about his ability as a receiver as hall again doesn't mean that he can't develop it but we haven't seen it quite as much and the lack of early production in comparison and also his age in comparison to hall certainly don't put him in the same stratosphere, uh, you know, from, from, from our processes, um, I am going to find myself taking or targeting some Walker in tier one B though, again, because of the, the lack of, of plentiful resources there, you know? So, you know, I traded up Dave and we can talk about this a little bit more in our show in a couple of days. Uh, but I'll tease it here. I traded up from the one Oh six to the one Oh four. And even though Walker is my my sixth rated player, I actually plan on selecting him fourth in just one of my drafts when I adjust for team context. So yep. if you want to come back in a couple of days, listen to me, cut that up, um, You know, definitely do it. You can also check out the article. If you can't wait and the curiosity's got gotcha, you, you can check out my Dynasty Trade Diary uh, entry number two, how to trade up in your rookie draft article, which went live on the site on Tuesday, May 3rd, Dave.
2: Yeah, I mean, definitely go check that out. Check out all of the rookie coverage that is coming out. This is when things get exciting, Curtis. Um, You know, you can start reshaping these teams. Finally, we know where these rookies are. You can start getting them in those best ball squads on those dynasty squads. Also, a reminder to go check out the uh, underdog tools that just launched. I'd like to take credit, but I got to shout out Anthony Shook, who, uh, you know, does a ton of work behind the scenes. Uh, you know, that never really gets recognized. And I know Anthony won't even hear this, but appreciate him enough that we wanted to shout him out on the pod. Thank you for listening to the Roto-Viz Fantasy Football Show. Send us questions at rvffshow at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at FF and at CPatrickNFL. Leave us a voicemail at 978-615-9214 and make sure to rate, review, and subscribe.